Welcome to the Cultural Vacuums, everybody. This is a show where each week a wonderful guest of ours comes and broadens our cultural horizons by sharing and recommending some stuff that they've enjoyed watching, reading and listening to recently. I'm Josh Treblecock and alongside me, as always, is my fellow cultural airhead, Lou Fitz. How you doing, man? I am well. How are you, fella? Not bad, not bad. Uh, all the better for seeing you, even though it's a bit of a gloomy Wednesday that we're recording on. Um, you look very life, you know, you thought, seem, you look full of life, Lou. <laughs> it's, tu- <laughs> it's Tuesday, mate. What's happened? <laughs> Wait, is it Tuesday? No. Yeah, today's Tuesday. Oh, yeah, of course. But when people listen to this, it'll be a Wednesday. I'm already thinking ahead, mate. <laughs> I'm knee-deek in, a th- in, in four gigs in a row, you know, four or five, I've got like five nights in a row you've been a busy Needy. busy boy where are people busy. where can people see you quickly before we have to start plugging <laughs> Cam- start- Camden Cam- come to Camden Fringe 27th 28th but that forget that uh, August oh actually <laughs> no I should I should plug myself I should back myself and say, well you, know you may what? as well do it now because people are more, more likely to listen to this bit than possibly the rest of the uh, you're you bloody know. right it, it, the show's called Soft Lad and it's on August the 27th and the 28th at 8 o'clock at Camden Fringe tickets are only £5 and now um, on to what have you been doing this week, Lou? Mate, I've had an absolute cultural bonanza. I know, this is why I'm excited. <laughs> this is why I'm excited to talk to you about it, because we actually have someone who has been on our show who's been to a fucking museum recently. I went to, <laughs> I went to, I went to a museum. Uh, it was free, of course. That was pretty cool. um, Of course. We went to, me and sweet, lovely flatmate Caroline went to um, the Welcome Collection in Houston. Um, it is, uh, what it was, it was, uh, I'm trying to explain art without using my hands. Three exhibits, the man that owns the museum, or like, you know, is the curator, dead now, called Henry um, Welcome, collector, all right? So old people, right, so when rich people, like, it's basically hoarding for rich people having yeah. a collection. So when poor people collect stuff, they're called hoarders. But this guy collected just old medical stuff from a hundred years ago. So it's like a hundred years of old jars and old sparks <clears throat> and old so like masks yours, and stuff. So you just basically what what you know? I imagine like a Day Lewis pharmacy is going to look like in about a hundred yeah, years. Basically, yeah, basically okay, cool. that's what it, it was ahead of its time. No, it was. But the, there were three bits. So that was the medicine section, and then there was um, Joy, which I absolutely loved. Joy was just about expressing joy and how it's done over different ways, like dancing and cartoons. David Shrigley. There were some David Shrigleys there. He's cartoonist. Mm-hmm. You heard of him? No, I have not heard of him. Uh, he, but... He's uh, he's got an OBE, cartoonist, drawer, he's got books. I've got three of them. We don't have time. Also, I shouldn't show you books on the podcast, should we? No, that... but you can share. But this is this is a this is a good example of, of us learning about different types of uh, cultural stuff. So, the third yeah. exhibit was tranquility and it was dog shit <laughs> it was well awful. you see that's the thing i always feel that they, it you know you know museums and collections and stuff like that they always have one bit that's always a bit of a kind of a shit um, why was it well, so crap though i'll tell you what it was is we walked in and it's an experience so it's all about mindfulness and yoga and taking time to look at stuff that kind of kind of vibe so you walk in and the first thing is you sit down and it's dark and there's a projector on a continuous loop so you're supposed to sit there and relax and the projector's got nice images and it's saying things like breathe remember to breathe yeah maybe two minutes then all of a sudden halfway through it will be breathe colonization breathe (laughs) (laughs) yeah Breathe. Racism in in workplaces. Breathe. <laughs> breathe. And it, it, it became quite. Well, I suppose it it, get, it garnered a reaction, but I didn't really understand. I tried. So I read all the plaques. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I feel like when you get that kind of like shock the system sort of um, art, it kind of just makes you think this is naff. I don't know. We saw um, Hockney, David Hockney's um, exhibition there, um, the most mm-hmm. recent one. Because I've always I've always we're, liked we're, Hockney. We are. We are getting dangerously cultural oh, on this well, podcast. Well, this is unbelievable. See, the one time I ever saw a David Hockney exhibition, and I walked up there thinking, oh, this is going to be amazing. Like, he's a really famous artist. And actually, it turned out that David Hockney 
Um, he now only paints on his iPad. So um, basically, you're walking around photos that oh he's, he's done on paint on his on his iPad. And so the whole time you're looking at it to the point where you're kind of thinking, well, I could do that. Like, clearly I could do that. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got paint on my iPad. I can draw some shit with some sort of spray paint or whatever and put in some nice little yeah. patches and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, the point yeah. where I actually did start doing my own, um, I actually did start doing, I was calling them um, knees or knees. I started drawing my own uh, uh, stuff just to prove that anyone can do it, but I would just do mine. So I've got mine where I've like, just from my perspective of what my TV looks like. Um, I did one when I was in the bath, because uh, that's all he did. So, can but yeah. You, can we put the, can we, can we put? I'll share we, them around. I'll share, I'll, share, I'll share them around. They're pretty good. I'm pretty happy with them, I might add. Who have we got this week? Oh, I should usually be asking you this. Well, this week, ladies and gentlemen, we have the one and only, the fantastically funny, Mr. Sunil Patel is going to be here. He is friend. I've known him for four years. Uh, first time I met Sunil was he was doing a preview for his first show, which I think was called White Night, uh, at Sunday Shtick in Kentish Town. And uh, I laughed very hard and he said, thanks for laughing at the end of the show. Since then, he's been in pretty much everything you can think of, right, Josh? He's been in This Time with Alan Partridge. Mm-hmm. He's been he's in. Been uh, he's been in this Sam- way up. This way up, the fantastic Ashley B comedy that's on ch- uh, Channel Four at the moment, or on or four. Um, Channel Five's Borderline. Borderline underrated. We'll get into that a very little bit more, underrated. but very underrated show. That um, he's also in Stafflets, Flats, Bloods. You name it. He's in lots of adverts. He was on Beat the Internet with John Robbins. Uh, he's super funny. He's getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, to the point where we probably wouldn't be able to do this with him in uh, in probably about a month's time before he becomes a superstar on some <laughs> other thing he's going to do. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please do give your attention to the wonderful Sunil Patel. I'll just start it now by just being like, Sunil Patel, welcome to the Cultural Vacuum. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I, I, I thought you were going to... You just put your thumb up and went thumbs. I don't know. Is, this, is, is the video of this going out or is it audio only? No, oh, no, no. Okay. The video is not even going out. So yeah. at, the minute we're audio, audio, at the minute we're audio only, but I would like to venture into the video. It's, it's nice, yeah, This it? could be the first one. I think like, it worked, I, we made some Zoom ones... Uh, for our podcast but like putting the video I think people like it but I think obviously having your own like space that you can go to every time is so is infinitely preferable isn't it do you and you and Harriet do it in a you know together like at someone's house uh, we right? do Harriet's we, house, we at the moment we go to each other's every other episode and then but I think she's now converting a room in her house to a sort of like studio office space so We'll have a permanent. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that's Bobby. Bobby's den. Has but gone. Bobby's no. Bobby's got a den, but it is. Uh, it's sort of like a plank of wood above the stairs. So he's just crouching above the stairs with a forty-eight inch telly. <laughs> that's his den. No, he's got his own room. He's got his own room. Yeah. He's got his own room. Separate beds. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to having like a proper studio because it'd be nice to like. Just not have to worry about the way it's lit and everything, and like with the angles of the camera, oh, you know, which yeah. you have to do every time. But yeah, yeah. well, what was it? What the one time that me and Lou decided that we were going to record in person? We did it right around at my yeah. place. My place is yeah. nice. Like it's a new flat. I thought it'd be great to film it in here, and then we we started to record How much ourselves. Rent do you pay? Well, no, never mind. <laughs> that. Uh, but the uh, but the we recorded it on my phone, and within about what three, what about like sort of 30, 20 seconds of looking at ourselves on the, the watching the the recording back, we basically both wanted yeah. to cry at how like upset and how big our stomachs were. <laughs> and, and like, we're both we're like, why did we decide to wear really tight fitting t shirts today yeah. of all days? And like, that's you know. that's the danger, isn't it? You need an extra. You, you should really just sort of chuck it over to a, someone who would edit edit it and have nothing to do with it after that. That's, <laughs> well, that's what I, that's that is. What I was under the guise that a producer does that, yeah. and now apparently I'm talking to the producer, and the producer saying we don't do that yet. So what? You know, really? Hey, look, we're, wor- we're working. We're working on it. All right. We've you got know, a chap so, called uh, Elliot who does it, uh, and he's very good. Can we get? He's Elliot? very busy. Yeah, he's very Elliot busy, guys. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we've we've just put a bit of because he has a day job as well, and then we put a bit of extra work on his plate, saying like, can we get some clips? Like, can you just choose some clips? And that's, mm. I think that's a step too far in terms of the amount of work we give him because it really should be up to us to look back and be like, this is what a good representation of what we want out there rather than making yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's got the time for that. I found, 
have you found that with your own stand-up? Do you, or like all of the many things that you've been in, which we've listed <laughs> before, do you find it? Do, can you watch yourself? Because I'm finding it increasingly difficult. Well, this is to watch a very interesting, interesting question, stand-up. actually, because I, I had to relearn my 2019 show uh, a couple of months mm. ago, and I didn't know what it was, and I remembered I had a recording of when I did it in Edinburgh, which I thought was like, that was a good night. I'm glad I recorded that, but I never watched it. So I watched it and I was like, this is not the comedian I want to be. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's appalling. Like, it's just, it it was genuinely mind-blowingly appalling to me. Was it Titan? No, it was um, White Knight. It was in the, it was like in a lovely room. It was in the, it was in the bunker at the courtyard and it was a full room. It was a Saturday night. And in my mind at the time, and it went well, and I think it did go well, but like, when you watch back, you're like, yeah, it's going well, but I'm like, I'm just doing it dead behind the eyes now. I'm just like reading out the <laughs> script almost, and I was, and it, and it was almost the last day. But equally, it was like like a little reminder that you know you you, you got to keep an eye on what you're fucking doing. You just get into yeah. get into a rut <laughs> yeah, yeah. and just say the same things over and over again. Like, and maybe it's an anomaly, but I rem- yeah. You know that side bit where yeah. the bunkers are, and then they have that bar yeah. at Pleasant in the courtyard. I remember you came out, it might have been that day, but you came out, and me and Helen and Neil were all just there having a pint, and you came, and I was like, oh, yeah, mate, how's the show? And you were like, don't know. <laughs> and then you just had a drag of a cigarette and get walking. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't you never, know. You, you don't never know. can tell, though, can you? Because it's, it, like, you might enjoy, you don't know if you enjoy what you're doing after a while. Like, you might enjoy saying it, but it's yeah. like, how, how are they responding? Am I doing enough? Am I like giving them enough? Like a laugh often isn't enough, mm. you know. Mm. Especially in Edinburgh, yeah. where there are shows that uh, people want yeah. different things. It's, it's it's hard to know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. How did you um, find this sort of the tr- like sort of uh, talking about that like uh, your your TV work for example? Mm. Um, like, how did you find sort of working with directors on that? You know, were you were you able to sort of like did you kind of just listen to everything that they sort of said and take that advice, or were you just kind of like knew what you? Very do? little of the TV work I've done has been a director giving me any direction it's genuinely yeah it's genuinely like quite small pieces of stuff in in the last year anyway just like little bits so often they like they look at the tape i send them and they're like yeah that that's what we want in that and then you just they're just like yeah just yeah. do what you, you did you, you, i was gonna say yeah, yeah you're just being yeah, you essentially much, yeah. yeah like the yeah, yeah. that's what the closest i've got to like having a, a director's really get involved is when I did um, Borderline, which is like a semi-improvised sitcom. So that was mm. the the first series was directed by um, Matt Jones, who is um, an American comedian who who you seen Breaking Bad. He's he's Badger in Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? So he's a really funny guy. Like loves British comedy, and he was yeah. a friend of the co-writer Mike Orton Tolliver, who wrote it with. Chris Gow, who's a who was a comic as well, uh, but yeah, so he came over to, and he they had a really that was a really fun thing because he'd be like, because it's semi improvised, he'd ask questions and be like, what do you think about this? And you'd answer, and he'd film that classic management trick, yeah, making changes without informing us. Uh, they emailed us. Double classic management trick, yeah, informing us using a system they very well know we don't use now. I'm strictly Snapchat, and I only use Snapchat. Uh, I still use email. Do ya? It's because girls don't like opening the laptop, attaching nude pictures of themselves and sending the emails. This is like Snapchat's like, what, bam, there's my pulmonary, you understand? So Snapchat's me. I still use email. Was that a quite a fun shoot as well, Borderline? The, the first one, the second one was different because it was a different director, different writer, and uh, it was a bit more scripted, but we were still allowed to, to fuck around and have fun. Um, yeah. And because it's such a small cast and we were all in every episode, we, we didn't feel like self-conscious about the job we were doing. Like if you're just coming in for a day to do a part, you probably go, like I've gone in and gone, is this good enough? And then you leave, no one really says much and then that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen you, Sunil, you're, you're sort of, how would you sort of categorise your kind of style of comedy? Um, <clears throat> sort of alpha, Chad... <laughs> no, that's bad. You're describing me. Jacked. I will. I will. So swimmer's body, swimmer's body, just like swimming through gags. <laughs> it's just a fucking gun show for the, for the, for the, for the right now. 
<laughs> with um, would you uh, who who are like your kind of your influences? Like, with, is there like a kind of um, okay. sort of recommend to people like where you would sort of yeah. like a, a comedian Can or we... a film or a TV show that really sort of stuck out and really um, kind of inspired? Well, I started you? out. <laughs> well, I did a course when I started. I did like a ten week really? evening class because I I basically got into comedy because. When I was living in this house share, um, a bando man moved in, who's Rob, Rob Broderick, who's the freestyle oh, yeah, Irish yeah, yeah. He's such a brilliant act. And he was like, and that's when I found out there was such a thing as a circuit and an open mic yeah. and a process rather than like just wandering onto stage and just talking. And I hadn't seen much yeah. live stuff. I'd seen the best stuff I'd seen. And, and it was like I'd seen two gigs, live stand-up gigs before I started. And that was the Bedford and Ballam. And I saw Reginald D. Hunter doing an open spot there. And that was fucking incredible. Just so genuinely mm. funny that it mm. just stood out against everyone else. Because he was, it, it wasn't like material that made people laugh. It was just a genuinely funny act in a person. Mm. And then the next one I saw, which blew me away, was McIntyre headlining Battersea Jonglers at Christmas. <laughs> and I've never wow. seen devastation like it in my life since. Before really? all this, like, it was absolute carnage in terms of like how he left the audience in, in complete disarray like just killed oh. so hard uh, so the, those weirdly were the first two <laughs> and uh, but I'd, uh, in terms of influences like I'd probably listened to a bit of Kitson before I started doing comedy and mm. I thought well, that's amazing but I'm, I, I can't do that I don't want to do that the main one the oddest one is, is a guy called Arj Barker he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah, an American. Canadian yeah, he's, guy? He's, but he's oh, based in Australia, I think, quite a lot. But that was a huge yeah. influence because what I liked about him was that he would just go on and say the stupidest, most wrong things. And that would be <laughs> what made people laugh. And it was like, oh, you can get away with just saying any old, sh like the worst, not the worst, but the stupidest things. And that was what was mm, so appealing. Yeah. It was like, oh, you could indulge your stupidest thoughts rather than try and impress people with intelligence yeah. or whatever. But this has been wonderful. I'm, I'm about to get out of here, and I want to just thank you all for coming out here and being a great crowd. It really cheered me up, and I was a little bit low when I showed up here tonight, and I'm going I'm to admit that. And don't worry, it's not clinical. Depression's a serious thing. I was just feeling a little bit low, and it's my fault anyway. I'm the one that chose to watch Marley and me on Blu-ray right before I left the hotel. <laughs> and it's even more sad in high def. Just, even though I knew it was going to happen, it was still even more sad. Have you seen Marley and Me, sir? You haven't seen it? Well, you better brace yourself emotionally. Because it is very sad. Okay, I'm not going to ruin it, but just be prepared. I don't know if you know, but the sequel's just called Me. That was the one, that was the guy I wanted to be when I started, weirdly. I just wanted that <laughs> element. You always, basically, yeah. Yeah, I think you always do when you start stand up. Like, I think most people, when they they kind of want to be like the next sort of like crazy person that kind of goes on or says the most batshit yeah. stuff, and then kind of, <laughs> you know, and then after a while, I guess you start to kind of rein it back in and be like, ah, yeah. actually, there's a reason why only a few people can actually be that nuts. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Was, the, the most like interesting quote I've heard is from Bill Burr when he says, You start off because you're a funny guy off stage, and then it takes you 10 years to get back to that level on stage. <laughs> like, just yeah. breaking yourself yeah. down. And just figuring it out, yeah. and yeah, that's the, I, the aim was always to get to the point where I could just wander on and just be myself. Mm. Mm. I think that's you're one of the best Thanks, at man. doing that on the circuit. I think, yeah, man. Uh, the, the the deadpan nature of it, and I I think it would be fair to say, I sometimes, or I guess when I first met you, I didn't know if you liked me or not because of your aloofness. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I I've never thought I was aloof. I, like, I, yeah. And you're not, but it's so, you're so calming. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've talked to um, Tamara, oh, my yeah, friend yeah. Tamara about it, and it's just like, yeah, he's so, he's just relaxing to oh, be around. Complete, you know, it's like mess, having a nice, mess inside, like a nice... <laughs> Really? Well, I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to but tell it, who's nervous and who's not sometimes, isn't it? Like, I've never mm. seen you lose your rag. I've never seen you lose your your temper, your voice. I, don't <laughs> I, 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 I would I would find it quite difficult to imagine you being. I think upset. well, as in on stage or off stage, both. Yeah, probably um, both. I, would say I can both. definitely get upset. I just think it's more that like I came into this a bit older. Like in my twenties, I was I would have been quite an angry mess. Not a mess, but I would have been an angrier Hello. guy. <laughs> but like coming into it, I started when I was 29, 30. 
and I think I'd got through the years where like I had got through those years of anger and been like, oh, right, I begin to understand the world a bit more and like oh, everyone's coming from a different place. So I kind of get that everyone's going to do these different things and it's nothing to do with me. But that that's essentially mm. it, I think. Yeah. yeah. But aloofness is certainly something that people have said I've got. But yeah, 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 yeah definitely not has the only one, don't worry, yeah. Have you always, has that always been, like, like even in um, school? Not in school, because it's like, everyone knows each other so well after a while, isn't it? No one new really comes in, but I think I, I do make yeah. an effort to be, like, as friendly as possible now. <laughs> it's not that you're no, not no, 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 as in, like, it's just not make... like you're putting a cigarette out on your arm and saying, fuck off. <laughs> fucking swastika like... on my chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just knock over my pint and say, yeah. "Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing more time tonight, mate." Just fuck it off. It's not that. It's like it's such a strange environment when we when we first met because we were both like just doing those awful little gigs. I mean, they weren't awful, but you know, there's like when you're at a new material gig, like half your head is just like, "What am I going to say? How am I going to say it?" And mm, then afterwards, yeah. you can everyone's like, tense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, sitting yeah. at the cab um, waiting for 30 people to go up before you you can't laugh at them you can't pay attention you're just thinking about your stupid little jokes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stupid little jokes oh horrible horrible it's so tense that place um, but a good place to go yeah, check out new comedians I guess you know but just be be prepared for a long time <laughs> um, so, so now, what, what kind of got you through uh, lockdown like what were kind of some of the things that you were watching during that sort of downtime period oh God, what did I do? I watched a lot of like those Netflix series that everyone rates, but like I always stay away from because I think they're overhyped. Um, mm. So I wasted a lot of my time on them. The I watched Dark three series of that. That was good. That German one. Oh, tell us, tell yeah, us about it's like a time travelly type of thing. They find a little wormhole. These kids, uh, and like so, everyone's like someone's dad or something. In, like, in the present day oh. or something and everyone's like fucking doing all sorts of mad stuff with time travel yes I do remember seeing trailers mm. for that when that came out and being like oh that looks fucking right up my alley I never actually watched it but yeah, yeah. that was that was good <laughs> but I can't oh the best thing I saw in lockdown was probably zero zero zero, which is a, like a Sky Atlantic or HBO thing which is a mini series about the flow of drugs from Mexico to Italy Oh, with uh, Dane DeHart. Is it Dan, Dan DeHart? Dane DeHart in it? Is it that the guy? The guy who looks a bit like sort of like Leonardo yeah, that's DiCaprio, him. But on he drugs. was so good. In yeah. It. Uh, and um, I've forgotten her name. Uh, Andrea Riseborough. I think she's in it as well. Yes. And that was she's awesome. that was so so good because I'd watched Gamora as well, all of it. Oh, the Italian which show. Is, yeah, great. Uh, and it was the same writer yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. Um, but yeah, that was fantastic. This token transfers $31 million as soon as the product leaves Mexican waters. The rest will be transferred when the shipment arrives at Joya Taro. Katai, 5,000 kilos. Make the price sempre. Bigger risk than usual. Bigger the risk, greater the profit. You know why we're not going to lose money on this? What we do keeps the world's economy afloat. Bigger risk than usual. Bigger the risk. Greater the profit. Yeah, Gamora is one of those shows that, like, if you haven't watched it, it's it sort of beats. It's kind of well. It's like for me, it's like the ultimate mafioso yeah. sort of series that's ever. It's been so grim, isn't yeah. it? It's like oh, that's how they yeah, live. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's mad. Yeah. It's mad that like all those mafia lads who are so wealthy still live in like a flat in a tower block, but it's full of gold, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then mum, and then mum is in the room <laughs> next door. Always. Room, yeah, and then like one yeah, of them yeah, just yeah. bought a tiger to put on the roof. Uh, but yeah, it was very silly. Yeah, they're impu- is it impulsive. impulsive <laughs> they're impulsive you know? people. Impulsive. I've been watching. I've been bin- I've been binge watching yeah. The Sopranos. Oh, Fantastic, um, and I've I've gone from season one to season four in really? four days. I'm, I, 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 it's I, 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 not maybe not four days a week. I'd say a it's week. It's incredible. Yeah, but it's it's so so funny as well. And that's never no one yeah. ever says yes. that because it's just so real. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. And we're gonna get a Paulie Walnuts T-shirt. This little thing, 
<laughs> is that who your favourite character is? Paulie Walnuts, for sure. Paulie is the best. Is, I, I liked um, I liked the other guy who's... Con- um, not Vito. Um, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby back, <laughs> oh, Bobby Bay, yeah. Junior! 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 What are you doing that for, Junior? Dad, get up off the floor, Junior! Janice, my wife's dead! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some amazing scenes. I, I think all the surrounding the car. Have you have you got to the bit in the Serranos with the, where they go to Italy and they pick up Furio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Furio in his incredible oh, shirt. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so also the style the style tips in that show are on point. Beautiful, aren't they? Those shirts. Where do they get? So Furio mm-hmm. comes back as the like godlike assassin almost, doesn't he? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, he yeah. Tony needs. He needs people he trusts, so he goes to... They always call it the yeah. old country, or the other side. Oh, I'm yeah, going over yeah. to the other yeah. side. They and, go there, uh, they don't know. Yeah, Naples is an absolute... Sh- absolute shit. I like that. It's an absolute It's really fun, the and sort they, of old country vibe, where they're like, they clearly have no connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't even they speak don't the language. Happening. Like in, the fir- in the pilot, I think, or the first episode, Paulie steals an espresso pot from Star... On oh, buttfucks, as he calls it. Oh yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. stealing Italian yeah. culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're stealing it. Yeah. And then they go to Italy. It's like, what's this? I want pasta sauce, tomato sauce. Get it in a... oh, <laughs> I think the one thing as well that with uh, the Sopranos always Can't did believe me was the amount of food. It's really difficult when you. I remember I was trying to be on a diet when I was watching always that. eating. Yeah, they're always and eating. And the food looks incredible. I feel like now it's impossible to watch that because you know you're trying to stay off the way, and every single episode they're just eating the most amazing ravioli. Yeah, or like spaghetti. but to make that takes a. It takes a woman a day. Because <laughs> none of them are cooking unless they're in prison. <laughs> no, yeah. never. They eat out yeah. so much and they never seem to pay. <laughs> they just walk out. No, it's true. It's true. It's because they've got what's his fight? Yeah, the bald guy exactly. who's like their Artie. mate who runs the yeah. restaurant. They've got him like, yeah, Artie Artie, 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 Artie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever come across a series as well. Uh, more where you love the characters so much and they always like, they're always on these kind of like incredible arcs where they're kind of redeeming themselves and then they always do something really fucking stupid that you're kind of like out loud will just kind of go oh Christopher yeah. oh Tony you hadn't had an affair in like three weeks what the fuck now <laughs> yeah. you're banging this fucking re- reception again oh receptionist you, yeah. the yeah. episodes yeah. that I can't stand in this front <laughs> are the ones where you go into his dreams and I'm like I don't care about that at oh, all yeah. it's infuriating yeah the one where he has his um, in Atlantic City for a whole episode just while he's in a coma. Oh, yeah. 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 With the fish yeah. talking. Can't be having it's it. It's boring. And yeah. there's also one thing that I don't understand is why Tony is such a Lothario. Like, apparently all these, like, you'll be walking past a car dealership. Yes. And like, you'll wink it and then all of a sudden she's all over. No, I get massive that. I get it. guy that... <laughs> <laughs> I get, uh, uh, yeah, I suppose it's weird when it's like women that he's never met or who, who know nothing about him, but I think it's just his general mm, yeah. air of confidence and success, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I always I think you have that too. same Well, air, I think so it? too. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you never think about sort of adopting the Tony Soprano style shirt to then bring do you know what they would, on stage? They'd be, be fashion, hilarious. actually, because they do cover a lot of curves, <laughs> don't they? they? They sort of drape. It's like wearing a curtain. <laughs> I haven't seen him since uh, Paulie took him to the Schwitz. Hey, fellas. Where the fuck have you been? I've been calling you all fucking night long. I was at my gomas. I told Silvio I was coming. You answer me like I'm Jesus Christ himself, and if you fucking lie to me, make your mother die. I can't try the eyes. Where's pussy? I don't know. Don't you fucking lie to me. Tony. you do it? Tony, shh. Don't fucking lie to me. Did you do it? No. Did you fucking do it? No. Did you fucking do it? I said no! Now get your fucking hands off. Come on, Tony. Come Sorry, Paulie. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about. So um, I think one of the first times I, ever, I saw you do um, d- 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 stand up was um, you did a joke about Action Bronson, oh, yeah. which I always remember. And I, it was basically it was the one about the plate. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. And I just clack classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one that got clipped up to put on social media because they couldn't find anything else. And it was such a weird <laughs> joke to put out on social media, which is based on relatability, essentially, isn't it? And it's like, here's this yeah. dude doing a joke about Twitter, we think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are like, oh, yeah, this, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, he, but he's someone who, like, so you, I, I take it you're a fan of his music as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, have you, is he someone that, like, you've been listening to a lot? Like, do you ever kind of find yourself, like, writing to, to action when you're listening to Action Bronson, or do you ever kind of get ideas from, like, rappers as well? I do. I write to. I write with like the most uh, horrific and offensive trap music possible. <laughs> I genuinely like my Spotify really? Discover Weekly and and Release Radar is essentially like tr- trap trap music or like uh, various niche hip hop. Um, and yeah, I yeah. find it. Who we too? Uh, Who we talk? What's it? Na- what do you know what? It's got to the point now where like there's so many different names. There's so many like 19 year olds making music. Do you know what I mean? And it's just yeah, got like, yeah. well, which one, which one is this? And it's all, they were all starting to use like symbols and lots of words that don't make sense now. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's like, how do you pronounce your fucking exactly. name? I can't even. Well, it's like, skibbity, yeah. I've been uh, Little Nas X, Industry oh, yeah. Baby. Have you seen that music? That gets me all. <laughs> is that the For one geeks. where he's, uh, is that the one where he's like the devil? No, that's no, no, no. It's a new one with uh, Jack Harlow yeah. in it. I like Jack um, Harlow; he's good. But it's—I don't want to listen to rap music where I have to pay attention to the lyrics because that'll put me off. So it's like uh, uh, overseas rap, foreign rap is quite good. Uh, French mm. and German rap is actually quite good. I like that. What's his name? Uh, uh, Papa Douay um, is the song Strome. I oh, think yeah. his name is. Or Strome. I was listening to a guy called Frenetic. Um, Frenetic. It's called. Les jaloux me veulent du mal Dans la ville, je suis dans la paix, je rêve je passe ma vie au studio sans payer de loyer Rivière de remords, mes rêves se sont noyés Sors ce morceau car mon cœur elle a broyé Dans la gueule du loup oseras-tu aboyer Mélancolique car la vie m'aura déçu La mort viendra soigner mes blessures Le sommeil comporte beaucoup de sous-entendus Au fil du temps nous deux c'est souvent tendu À présent je réalise que j'ai du vécu Alléluia j'ai survécu Naru, N-A-R-U, he's from Germany Why do you find that stuff uh, good to like write to? Is it just because it just shuts your brain off from the outside world? It shuts your brain off, but it also gets, it's quite energetic. I don't like listening to mm. quiet, melancholy, sad music. That, that I've never listened to that. I don't like it. Uh, it's not for me. I like listening to sort of. It doesn't. It, it doesn't have to be angry, but there's an energy to to listening to rap music when you're writing, which I really appreciate. Because like, you, yeah. you can stand up and walk around with the headphones on, and it's like, yeah, it, it's it, it's just always. I've always listened to rap music. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. yeah. There's there's one. My mate introduced me to. Uh, to so you guys are naming your your, your French, your yeah. Belgian, your German uh, rappers. Um, Russian Village Boys okay. uh, is my my mate just into, and it is literally just like it's. What you kind of imagine the sort of stereotypical kind of like Russian dance track sort of with a bit of rap and it's just like guys barely speaking yeah. English. Um, but it's fucking, it's insane. And the music videos are ridiculous as well. It's just they're just always fighting each other <laughs> against the green screen in Adidas tracksuits. Just yeah. knocking back vodka and pickles. That's everyone now, right? right? Russian village boys. Yeah. <laughs> 
great suggestions. I listen to those because it's like it's quite nice. You get like with I think rap, you get the emotion without needing the lyrics a lot of the time. Um, yes. But otherwise, if I do want to listen to just some rap with lyrics, it's always Pusha T. He's probably my favorite. I think. Oh yeah, I yeah. love Pusha T. He's a, Wasn't Pusha T? Didn't he, I remember reading a thing saying that he came up with the? Um, it, it's either the Coke or the the McDonald's like I'm loving it jingle. Yes, I heard that. I, or he, I heard that was Pharrell. It was either him or Pharrell when they were working together. That, I th- I think it was, was Pusha it? T- and he was like saying, "I never saw a fucking cent." <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> God, yeah. yeah. What the yeah. yeah 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 because did yeah, Justin yeah, yeah. Timberlake sing at McDonald's because they were all working together at one point Justin Timberlake Pharrell and the Clips were working together they, they Justin's first oh. single had the Clips at the end of it yeah 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 absolute yeah. banger yeah so he yeah, yeah so he was um, yeah and Pusha T Pusha T was just completely left out of yeah the, <laughs> out of the royalties clearly fucking Pharrell Pharrell does his magic again yeah. where he just doesn't pay the people so who, who would you say is like your kind of your your favourite sort of musician of all time then who's your favourite favourite who would <laughs> I listen to day chill. after day endlessly yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's probably yeah. just for the I, I, I love Pusha T but I think he hasn't got a big enough and diverse enough back catalogue to listen to all day every day but it's going to be oh fuck you know I think it's I think the amount of stuff he's made is probably Kanye I would have thought Mm. I think mm. probably he is the most important artist of this generation <laughs> <laughs> which I love so I've said that on a podcast before hoping everyone would get angry but they were like okay tell us more and then I can't <laughs> I, like, I read it on Pitchfork seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it online must be, must be true no I like I really like it and he said it he said it himself as well I've, so yeah, Kanye I've like I've loved since, yeah, I, I used to, I've bought, I've got like three or four of his um, sort of test test pressings on vinyl from like night, uh, night 2001, I think, that I, that he was like selling on the street or like selling privately really? to oh, record, wow. record shops. So he'd do loads of great remixes that he couldn't get clearance for and rap over them. So he'd rap over like Tribe Called Quest beats and stuff like that. And it was... Oh, and he'd word. extend beats to, uh, or like re- <clears throat> rework them a bit and they, yeah they're they really good uh, so I, yeah I think that people nowadays have to sort of apologise for liking him because he's lost his marbles a little bit he's a bit detached from reality but then when you go back he's, like you say his back catalogue's so yeah. big it's undeniable that he's he's so important absolutely I mean he ch- yeah too crap it's music. weird that we have to sort of I mean he's obviously occasionally in a bad way and yet we have to, you know, no, there's not much sympathy for him because he's so rich and successful and he's got such a big voice. You know, he's so, such an influence. But yes. uh, it's it's, it's yeah. tough to know what to do with him, really, if you... Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, <clears throat> he's kind of like... <clears throat> he's scatty, isn't he? <laughs> he's just sort yeah. of like all... Over. Although that said, the... Um, I randomly, I think one of his his last album came on um, like whilst I was at the yeah. gym, and like weirdly started running, like realizing that running on a treadmill for like an hour to gospel music is actually pretty. It's I tits. bet it is. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you literally feel like you're fine. <laughs> feel like someone else is on your side in a way. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you're like God. God, what's in, God and Kanye both want me to fucking shift this stomach. <laughs> I would, I would love a, I would love a ring out. Oh, a boxer's ring walk to be gospel music for once, just one oh, yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, who <laughs> Instead of it being a boxing ring walk, the best boxing ring music I've ever heard of is um, Mike Tyson, yeah. and he walked out to a single ominous note, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just a, Fuck. and then he just walk out and be like, "This is me," and he just yeah, battered yeah, yeah. the shit out of whoever's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking oh, they totally missed that bit out of the fu- that Tyson documentary. Did they not show that? that. I was oh. hoping they no, because that that just you know, especially could you imagine anything more scarier oh. than like ninety mid nineties, early nineties, or late eighties oh, no. Tyson yeah. just walking out to like insane. white noise? Yeah, a, a, t- a <laughs> tiny man, like he's shorter than most boxers, and he's coming out to mm. to no entourage, mm. one coach yeah. and a trainer, and a, and one note, and you're like, oh, I'm go- I'm gonna die now. I'm gonna fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carrying his own water bottle, <laughs> yeah, taking himself off on the radar. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Who's that UFC fighter? Like it's like it's an ink. Like. Oh no! We've done it again. Um, Conor McGregor. <laughs> We've oh, had no. the delay again. Con- 
Don't worry. Hello, no, uh, Hello. Khabib. Oh my god, yeah. And he, um, uh, what, what is, he's what like he's he? like the closest he's... equivalent to Bane that we've got in real life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he was birthed he in the darkness. He had this great quote where he said like something like, "We'll probably have to look this up if we can," but it's something like, "I take my opponents into my world and then they find out who they really are." <laughs> I see, he does scare the shit out of me and I think Conor McGregor would probably probably would admit this but I think he scares the shit out of Conor McGregor uh, yeah. as well because I've never seen a man just dismantle more people in my life than, than he does the latest Conor McGregor fight that I saw because now it's just getting silly with YouTubers getting involved and stuff but when he got beat up and then he's on the floor and he's broken his leg or something and he's like your wife's in my DMs <laughs> your, your yeah. wife is in my DMs and it, your wife's in my DMs and it's like Oh, what? Mate, just shut up, you gobshite. Yeah. Like, oh, I find it he is, but like that, that, but... that chat is why he's worth nearly half a billion, isn't oh. it? And it's like it's that marketing that's like. Yeah. yeah. You, I think that some of the best, uh, yeah, orators of our time are the ones that just literally are guys who fight for a living, but also can just chat yeah. it, back it up with yeah. chat. Like one of my favorite videos of all time is that one of. Um, it's like a mishmash of, uh, it's like Muhammad Ali doing like the, the butterfly speech. And then it's cut with, uh, interspersed with like uh, David Hay trying to chat shit to his opponents <laughs> as well. And it's like Muhammad Ali being all poetic yeah. and then David Hay just being like, your fucking mum is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a slug. <laughs> I'm a float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, I'm so chill. We haven't got anyone like that, have we? Your mum. <laughs> Because like Anthony anymore. Joshua doesn't doesn't chat shit anymore. No. Oh, he doesn't really chat shit ever. He's too, which is kind of. It used to be kind He's of. He's too cool respectful. Thing. Yeah, which I always used to think was quite a kind of a, a strong thing because you see all these boxers trying to be, like you know, just horrifically, you know, nasty to one mm. another. But um, and then but then you know uh, what are the two brothers called? Um, the uh, Kalichkos. They didn't really say. They didn't anything. fucking need to, did they? Um, those lads. No, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you just yeah. <laughs> but you would have thought they they'd try and get writers nowadays, especially if you're trying to build a like personality in in in, in fighting. Well, what was it in uh, in w, in wrestling in WWE? Yeah. Vince McMahon hires all these writers to basically make his performers sound like they are the next Muhammad Ali, <laughs> and then obviously none of them. But they're, they're reading. They're trying to remember their lines, trying to oh, pretend no. like they are anywhere near as charismatic <laughs> as like Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> And, you know, they are literally stunted. Like, they, they, they trip over themselves and they're like, I'm going to end you. <laughs> and then that's about as much as they can say. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough public speaking, isn't it? It is tough. <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, what was it? So, yeah. Um, the other thing was, oh, yeah. So we've come to this. This is the time where Lou likes to ask okay. a question to do with uh, you, you always guilty pleasures, Lou. This is you. So you can ask the question. What's your favourite? What's your guilty pleasure? Is he going to ask it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you ready for this? You ready, ready for, for the this surprise, yeah. Can you hear me? Because there's, there's, there's a lot of staggering on the microphone. So I've just been... All I heard from that maybe five-minute segment was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to go back. It was worth it. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm a big fan myself, so I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, what are you into, mate? What 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 are you what doing? Little secrets? What are you watching on YouTube? What am I fucking into? <laughs> Good question, Lou. Um, That's it's, it's it's my turn to ask a question. So it's been quite embarrassing because I've I've left my. Um, I, I I had to live in a short term flat for like a month, and I left my YouTube logged in there uh, while I was oh. staying there with Jordan uh, Brooks, who then stayed on for another week and. Um, so he knows what I've been up to, and I now know what he's up to. Uh, but no, oh, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's like so. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I like is uh, there's a chap who eat go drives around the country and eats um, the biggest food challenges. Yeah, I, uh, rate my takeaway. He's good. I talked about him before, but this guy I found through rate my takeaway because it then gives me new suggestions. It's called. Um, oh. Beard, someone beard. <laughs> oh, is it bird? Ver- is it beard versus? That's it, something like that. Uh, and he's got like a yeah, million yeah, yeah, yeah. subscribers, but he's like a he's a quite a slight man. And then mm, he goes right. and nails like maybe sixteen thousand calories of chips in five minutes. And you're like, oh, <laughs> fucking God. hell! I was mesmerizing. Um, 
But apart from that, I like um, other stuff. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my YouTube. Have you been watching since you since you started the personal trainer stuff that you were talking you were talking to us before? Mm. We, I think we started recording. Have you been watching more of those videos? Because I uh, yeah, I've been watching those. Uh, <laughs> what having a wank? <laughs> the um actually the the ones I, I do like cooking videos and travel videos basically. Uh, so cooking videos, I always watch um, Alison Roman, uh, who's very good. She's a New York Times, mm. and then uh, Kenji Lopez Alt, who just—he's the first guy to cook. He started in the pandemic, but he just straps a fucking GoPro to his head, so you're like, oh, now I know what you're doing. But he's good. Uh, <laughs> and then apart from that, the travel ones are like are these mad guys who just like take a camera and just go to. There's this guy called Bald and Bankrupt that just goes to these weird Eastern European mm. uh, cities and just just goes around them and it's fucking fascinating like, all around the, he goes all around the world really he's been to you know uh, India South America uh, but a lot of Eastern European stuff I find like really interesting because like it's how after the Soviet Union went like how they're coping and it's not well not well really it, but, oh I love that yeah shit. a lot of like, like ruined anything to do with that like yeah anything with like Eastern Bloc kind of yeah. stuff it's just oh like, man check him out it's like haunting and also at the same time i don't know <clears throat> it's yeah. just it just always fascinates me that shit ever since chernobyl yeah yeah, you know, yeah yeah just to add just to add just to make life mis- more mis-, mis mis yeah miseryful for them all over there um but like yeah it's just a really fascinating part of the world like, I, yeah, what did you just did you say miseryful which i wasn't <laughs> saying, yeah which i wasn't sure if that was even a word i was kind of saying it being like what is the word that i'm using jesus Christ. It's like, it's like, the, the theme of the po- the theme of the th- you know it's, it's tough public speaking isn't it it's you know, very it's hard um it's very hard um <laughs> oh beard meets food miseryful beard meets food beard meets food yeah I've seen that guy, and he's jacked. He's like fucking. He looks like a weightlifter. I think, as well. yeah. I'm not like you know. He's I think he, he is like. You don't notice it until he like, until he lifts his arms up. And you're like, fucking hell, where'd you get them from? And it, it, I think it's <laughs> he does like he eats those big meals, and then just like for for a week, just has a couple of bananas or something. Mm, but yeah. yeah, cleanses gets out. I of feel like system. I feel like a competitive eating is going to be like there'll be some guy's story or woman's story that will be like the next you know like the last dance, yeah. but, yeah, like, yeah. but like yeah. for someone who <laughs> competitive eating the Michael Jordan yeah. of the <laughs> you know he goes to that what, that place in like is it Nathan's in Coney Island with the big scoreboard outside. oh really it's just him just <laughs> knock him back like. <laughs> Hot dog after there was hot that dog Netflix after, series about weird competitions around the world, wasn't there? That was that was a brilliant documentary series. It was like six parts, and the first one was about the cheese rolling in Gloucestershire, and the people that compete. Oh, yes. And then they did the my favorite one was the yo-yo championships, because that was oh. it was so fun. Oh, yeah. And those guys were like, it, there was such a real there's a real a lot of stories to do with the people coming in, like the outsider, the girl from Mexico who didn't have much money. The guy who was great yeah. at it because his dad was the first importer of yo-yos. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. wow. That's what yeah, I thought, definitely. You are, you, we, are ab- we have absolutely knocked it out of the park with <laughs> recommendations this week. I was going to say, it's brilliant. Yeah, usually we, we're, we're, we're sort of struggling to sort of come up with anything, but it's fantastic. <laughs> like, absolutely. I mean, next week, we've got, next week we've got lovely Neil O'Rourke, and I imagine he's just going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to have to get culture in now. Butter Museum, <laughs> video of the Butter Museum on YouTube there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got. Um, oh yeah, actually, have you, since um, since lockdowns kind of since everything has kind of opened up again, have you been to any kind of like exhibitions or galleries? Is that your sort of jam? Like, I'm not do you actually. Ever do that kind of stuff. No, mm. um, I've um, I've just been followed on Instagram. Well, maybe a couple of months ago by a photography gallery that's run by a guy I went to school with, and I didn't even know he ran one. So I think that's going to be the first on my list. But it's like, yeah. I don't really know how galleries work. Like, public galleries, obviously. National galleries and stuff like that are great. But, like... The, 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 for the free ones. Yeah, they, like, <laughs> what happens... Like, if just... You know, like, you go to some neighbours and there's, like, a gallery. Like, you're just supposed to wander in. Yeah, I always get confused. So, I was... Uh, where was I the other day? Bob Dylan's got, like, a bunch of photos up. Yeah. In, like, somewhere in Mayfair. And I remember walking it's past always it there, and being, isn't it? Always like... Mayfair. In his house. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, just in... in, in what, well, in a gallery. But it was, like... Do I have to pay for this? And I, was like, I don't want to look like a dickhead and be like walk into the people at the door and just be like, do, do I need a ticket yeah. to go in? There? And then then be like, yeah. Or are they going to be like, thanks for coming in. Which one do you want to buy? And you'd be like, fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that you buy. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what those galleries are all about, isn't it? But like, uh, you know, they yeah. won't. But you yeah. still need. 
I mean, there's me trying to haggle at the tape more than, I like it and I want it now. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how much? I, do I need a car? Can I, I want, put that in the back of an Uber yeah. with me? Or? I want this 14th century face mask I must have. How much? <laughs> I will. I will do. Will you take Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, uh, do we have any more questions? Because I oh. just know my laptop's about to die. Yeah. Well, actually, so no, I was just going to ask: um, Is there anything you would like to plug? Anything that you would like to, to, to sort of tell people to go out and watch? Oh, sure. And yeah. Listen, as well as plug your own your own when's stuff this, as well. When's this out? Um, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow is it? <laughs> um, okay. A recommendation of something I really enjoyed is a series called Patriot on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's sort of like a quite a funny, quirky two series about a CIA operative who's undercover at a pipe factory, um, and that's really fun Ooh. and really weird. And they definitely yeah. shouldn't have given them the budget to make that because uh, it's so niche <laughs> and weird. But it's yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, beautifully, beautifully filmed. The acting is great, and it's really funny. Can I talk to you about something? I need this job because I have to work in accredited construction overseas to go places Americans aren't supposed to. I'm not gonna pass this urine test. So I need yours. It's not just me, the country. The USA needs my pee? Yeah. Will you pay my cup? Uh, also watch some French comedies on Netflix if you can. I think they're amazing. Um, just to look up French comedies. We reviewed the... Is it Call My uh, Age? Call My Age, it's like great. If you yeah, go down the age, rabbit yeah. hole, there's some really, uh, really good stuff. It's really funny. Uh, watch Back Chat on the Dave Facebook channel. That's a series I made with them uh, a couple of months ago. That's coming out every Monday at the moment. And then I'm at Camden Comedy Festival 24th to the 26th of August. And that's it. Oh, mate, we'll put all the links up to that in uh, in the show description. And uh, just lastly, say thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks, man. It Pleasure. Awesome. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. Sunil Patel there. What a fantastic chat that was. I feel very enlightened. Do you, Lee? Oh, what a chat. What a guy. What a man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great man. He's such a funny guy. Um, honestly, go check out Sunil's stuff. Um, we'll have all the links to that in our show um, description as well. Um, please also get in touch as well if you would like to share your own recommendations. We always love to hear from you. Hello at theculturalvacuums.com. And we're also on uh, Instagram and Twitter if you'd like to give us a message there. Uh, Lou, who have we got coming up next week? Some big exciting news. Uh, we have the Irish Stallion that is Neil O'Rourke. And we're doing it live at my house. Live! Martin Tyler. Martin Tyler. Um, yeah, it's going to be well fun. So check it out next week. Bye, guys. Ta-ra.